I mean, I'm obviously very drunk. happy to receive gifts at any time. I'm obviously very drunk right now. <laughs> um, but anytime you want to show us or give us the gifts toilet, I mean, I feel like giving them to us now on this, our 50th episode, would be very appropriate. But really, it's up to you. Okay, perfect. Well, since you gave me an in, we'll start there. So um, I had a little idea birthed a couple weeks ago when uh, originated actually on this podcast. Um, Zach, you said that you drink an excessive amount of coffee during the day, but you also like it to be piping hot. That this I do. Is, this is correct. This is um, the, both, both of those facts are true. So you're operating your microwave, you know, eight to 10 times a day. He's the number one microwave wattage user in the greater Nashville area. This we know about Zach. And um, Luke, a couple weeks ago, you were talking about uh, your girlfriend, your loving partner's addiction to candles and how many candles you had in the, in the homestead. Does that sound correct? That is absolutely correct. In fact, she won a silent auction which was a bundle of candles. So since then, the number of candles in our house has only exponentially accelerated. Well, that's that's excellent to hear for me because um, I got you both something that I think will fit with both of those little anecdotes here. So Zach is going to be getting a coffee mug warmer. Oh, hell yeah. And Luke is going to be getting a candle warmer. <laughs> Great. If we needed another, if if Luke needed to add another another uh, reason for for worry about a a risk of fire with his candle, let's add electricity to the mix. You know what, toilet? That's very thoughtful of you. Thank you. I'm you're I'm welcome. Very excited to be able to use my candle warmer. I feel like I get more applications out of mine because I feel like mine could really double as a coffee warmer too if I really <laughs> put my mind to it. You know, that's the thing is it's really a uh, a disc that warms things that are round. So it's funny that they were both around $10 on Amazon. I don't know if we're saying that word. Can you bleep that out later? Uh, on the A word. Um, but I thought it was a funny duo gift to get for both of you. Um, it's very, very thoughtful. I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to my miniature bun plate. I can't wait to get my phone stuck to it when I try to use it as a wireless charger. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy 50th episode of a Midwest podcast where we talk happy, about dumbass happy 50th. shit. Happy 50th. Happy fellas. 50th, boys. Can Our, check. What's it? What it? What is it? Our our golden anniversary yeah golden shower it is I've, I've got the champagne ready to go i'm literally drinking champagne for our 50th episode let's let's go boys luke's got look, champagne please. look at Zach us Zach is having a latte at eight o'clock at night and i'm drinking cold medicine because i'm a madman oh <laughs> toilet's on the lean i'm on that lean sprite baby yeah we were part. talking right before this and thinking about you know bringing some energy to the 50th episode and toilets just like, yeah, I feel like shit tonight, boys with the flex emoji. You gotta yeah. love it. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I was like traveling all day and the, uh, uh, we want to jump right into it. I was at, yes. the, uh, I was at Monday night football last night and it was awesome. It was a blast, but that game 
did not end until like well after 11:30 Eastern time. And I had an 8:30 flight this morning. That is so, so do the do the math do the math. I mean, I you know, I I bet you two can can guess how long it took us to get from the stadium back to the back to the hotel room, and then you know, got a got a cool got a cool down a little bit uh, after a fun finish, and so I think I went to bed about one thirty or so, and basically woke up like two and a half hours later. Well, you also had to battle the fact that Sunday was twenty five hours long, so you not only had to fight against the time zone, but you also had to fight against fucking daylight savings. This is time. true. This is true. Just built different, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're just built differently than other people. Um, how was the Steel City? Apart from the game, which we will just not even talk about this week. Um, I'm going to pretend like it didn't even happen. How was your scenic trip to beautiful Steel Valley? Pittsburgh is beautiful. Um, I, I really mean it. Like the, city, the, the landscape first, the topography is uh it, it's it's kind of like a mixture of midwest but in like the appalachian foothills like would you consider would you consider it east or would you consider like east coast because it's definitely not east coast but it's out east but it's certainly not midwest spiritually it's closer to the midwest but like really, ohio it's its own, valley it's its own appalachia thing. like appalachia those... i think they all kind of identify they don't really like the east coasters like the the hustle and bustle but they're also really not like the the harmless you know milk drinking midwesterners either they kind of have their own identity that's true that's true i mean they eat steel in the morning um they they stir their coffee with uh with like steel stick of butter stirs. yeah sure. <laughs> stick of butter no that's the midwest did you um come in so you flew in and then did you yes, dr- drive through the mountain and then when you yeah, get through the, the mountain you see yeah, the entire fort pitt, city fort pitt tunnel that's so, that's so fucking cool. sweet dude it's, it's it's beautiful i mean it, it took me like totally by surprise too yeah um Lou, You're I, like oh our, suburb, our resident, suburb. yeah our resident non-pittsburgh attendee luke uh when you drive, when you're driving in from the west, I think from the airport, mm-hmm. you go through like there's a lot of tunnels in the city, city of tunnels and bridges, tunnels mm-hmm. and bridges. With all those rivers and all those mountains, I mean, what do you expect? And all that dynamite lying around from the coal mines <laughs> that shut down, got to do, got to uh, do something with it. Might as well I, build well, roads. Sure, they're going to be in it for infrastructure, infrastructure week. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, the, the, you come out of you come out of this uh, this tunnel, and it's, it's like a long ass tunnel too. And then you just get to see the entire city. And it's really pretty, and there's like a bunch of bridges and a uh, couple of big tall buildings. And I think like the third Batman or something like that was filmed there too. That sounds right. Yeah, it's just it's just there a cool city. It's like a, a totally is. different vibe than any other big city you've ever been to before. Um, kind, it's close to Milwaukee. It would be like the one that I think. It's a good, it's a good representation, yeah, because it's more of like a college. It's kind of more of like a college town. Yeah, um, but I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad the people treated you well. You had Primanti Bros while you were there. Did you sample any other d- delicacies while you were in town? Yeah, Primanti Bros. The uh, the first night. So I actually, if we want to go back and do a little 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 tales of the tales of the travel, yeah, on Sunday, as you pointed out, toilet. I so bravely. Uh, battle daylight savings time by mm-hmm. do you just uh, you know, throw up if you travel across time zones during daylight savings time does that just like <laughs> does that mean instantaneous death because it's a nice. I, i'm not sure how my body would react to it 
Um, well, I, I woke up in the morning and I forgot to change my bedside alarm clock, but my phone changed. And so I had to wake up about like six or seven. I looked at my phone clock and it was seven. And I was like, shit, I'd be at the airport in 15 minutes. Luckily, I, I, luckily I was, I, I was still on time. And that's what, that's what traveling over. You wake up an hour and 15 minutes before you need to be at the airport. No, I had to be there two hours, two hours and fifteen minutes. But like, yeah, national. Oh. It's, like, it's like a thirty. It's like a thirty-minute drive to the airport, and like getting through security, even without pre-check, is fifteen twenty minutes. I I am uh, different. I'm an early airport arrival. Yeah, yeah, because well, it's because you've been you've been dad mentality since like twenty two. Yep. I I mean that Luke, that's Luke true. Was, Luke was Luke was having people call him daddy well before it was popular. Please, please don't. I actually hate that shit. Like, if we're gonna get real for a second, that's like one of the like, grossest trends. Like, not to kink shame anybody or anything, but that's like that's a weird thing. And for a guy to be like, "Yeah, I'm your, I'm your father," it's like, ugh, like that's gross, man. It's, it's daddy with an eye. Come on, lean in with Gen Z, baby. Like Poppy, I could get down with Poppy, but not Daddy. <laughs> That's weird, man. Call me father. <laughs> and also, those those girls fucking ruined it too. Like, I'm I'm sorry to say, but like that, like it's just weird overall. It's a weird, like sexual phenomenon in our culture. Well, I my original plan, I was supposed to go to D.C. and I was gonna, I had a layover, and I was gonna take that layover and go go uh, get a little dose of patriotism and walk the mall. Uh, but that plane ended up being uh, uh, broken. They couldn't pressurize. They're they're like the pressurization on the on the plane was broken. And that's Wear the kind mask. Of important. Fuck it. I've got to get to TC. Yeah. Seriously, like, oh, we can, can we just use the oxygen masks and just kind of like get a like micro dose uh, uh, pure oxygen all the way over to uh, the East Coast? No. Uh, if you want to see some of the just worst adult human behavior possible be on an airplane uh, be on a flight that gets canceled for like non-weather purposes so question there's some people throwing some fits did you board the flight no we actually didn't board the flight so we did not have to um i believe it is a word called deplane we did not have to deplane disembark deplane <laughs> Deplatform yourself off of the <laughs> off of the plane. Um, at, at least you didn't get that far because if they make people deplane, that's when things start to get really shitty. Yeah. But I can imagine like the types that would be flying back to DC on a Sunday would be the biggest assholes on earth about their flight being delayed. Yeah, a lot of busy business people. A lot of uh, fitted jeans. And then uh, a button down within a Patagonia vest on top. Yep. Mm-hmm. AirPods. AirPods fancy yelling at bag, someone. Yep. Yelling mm-hmm. at somebody. Either a really, really nice designer backpack or like a Herschel backpack, maybe. Um, yep. Or or uh, or uh, or a uh, uh, messenger, like a maybe a leather messenger with a with a Dartmouth alumni pin. Um, and the same, we... the same Evian, Evian bottle that they've been using uh... for like the last like three months. <laughs> I have a meeting at Northrop Grumman to sell three planes to Saudi Arabia. This flight can't be delayed. 
right, but yeah. Anyways, then uh, I I went through like all this hullabaloo and only netted like a one hour delay, which was kind of crazy. Um, but I did I did get I I like the first flight I was supposed to be on was basically stay out or the first rebooking was stand standby and then I got on the plane with the same guy and the stewardess was like or the flight attendant basically took this guy off the plane. Thank you for me, thank you for um you're welcome. Be, thank you for your language correction. It put me put me in this guy's seat. So uh that was that was a fun exchange. He basically was kicked off the flight and I was put on it. Incredible. Well yeah. the, the football gods were smiling upon you as you traveled they were. to Traveled to the Allegheny Valley to Allegheny Allegheny Valley, and everybody was like, "Toilet." I know you've been there before, but everybody was like really awesome and very nice, and like they gave us just different little tidbits so that by the end of or by the or by the time we had to go to the game, we kind of like we kind of had everything figured out. We we were amazed at how well it worked out. Like like this woman who was running the night audit at the hotel we were staying at was going to the game and she said, "Look, if you want to park, like don't go across, like just park over on this side of the river and then take the boat across." And the boat was awesome cuz you could drink on the boat and they were so they were selling beer and uh boat, beer, beers, wine and liquor. Boat, beers, boat, boat beers, beers, November it, it was boat like, in Pennsylvania. <laughs> no, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful night. It was like it was like 60 degrees. Lucked out, global warming. Yay, steel <laughs> yay, steel and coal production. We did it. We did it, guys. <laughs> we, did, we did it, guys. We got warm football games in November. I'm planting a palm tree in front of my in front of Three <laughs> River Stadium. <laughs> That's the thing about um about Pittsburgh is I've always felt like a kinship with the people there where it's like the Midwest's cousin, like the fun cousin that you go visit every once in a while. It's very similar to like what you could expect at your own house, but it's just kind of new and different and exciting. Um, I feel the opposite way about the Permanti Bros sandwich. Can we can we have a quick aside about the Permanti Bros famous uh, sandwich? Sure, yes, please, please I'm uninitiated. I'm uninitiated, so you're gonna have to explain what this sandwich is to me. Okay, so the Permanti Bros is kind of like the like the Cuban sandwich of uh, Pennsylvania. So it's and specifically to Pittsburgh. So it's like the famous, like it's like a Cuban, like you're in, you're in Miami, you're in the South. Like you want a Cuban sandwich. Like this is like the, equivalent. yes, I am in the South. I am in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Can I okay, get a I Cuban guess sandwich? You call Florida. an Italian beef, the Cuban of Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, like an Italian beef in Chicago, Permanti Bros in Pittsburgh. Those are yes. Please give me the hot chicken in Nashville. I'd like to have the Cuban of Nashville, please. Like the barbecue brisket sandwich of New York City, the brisket destination of America. No, 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 not that, not that. Uh, That's Brooklyn, baby. Best Um, barbecue in the nation. So the sandwich is served uh, with grilled meat, melted cheese, and oil and vinegar-based coleslaw, tomato slices, and French fries between two thick slices of Italian bread. Oh, it's basically Texas toast. It's basically Texas toast. It's a very thick cut of bread. So I'm sharing my screen so that, Luke, you can see the picture over there in the Wikipedia margin. Um, This is basically what you can expect when ordering the Romanti Brothers sandwich. Yes, Luke, it is the Cuban, the Chicago Cuban equivalent where it's uh the italian beef is a heart attack on a sandwich on bread it's the same it's the same thing here too i i beg your pardon but is that untoasted bread Mm -hmm. yeah the bread is not toasted 
I think you could get it. I think you can get it. That, that is the original bizarre. Is not toasted. So my main problem is I don't like I, I'm I have a thing about textures. So if you're gonna give me untoasted bread, you're gonna give me cold coleslaw and tomato, and then you're gonna give me hot French fries on the sandwich. There's a little too much going on for me texture wise and temperature wise for me to enjoy the sandwich. I would prefer the French fries on the side. I do not necessarily want them on my sandwich. You guys ever had fat sandwich? It's like the same thing as fat sandwich. I've never had it, but I know what it is, right? They Where they're like the names of their sandwich stuff. are like fat shit bomb or whatever, and it's like yep. French fries and ground beef and gyro meat and a hot dog. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I wonder how ha- they're doing. I wonder how they're doing nowadays. I haven't seen many of them. I, I are they only the in college towns? I went to the one in Champaign, which I think is the original, and I was drunk. It was not particularly good. I'd rather just have like a cheeseburger, you know? And maybe that's what you're getting at, Toilet, because a cheeseburger is a textural delight. This seems like a mess. You could probably put french fries on a cheeseburger and it'd probably be good. Fat Sandwich Company, there's a uh, location on Lincoln Avenue in Chicago. The oh, first word, it's review. Still open? Uh, looks like it. Oh, it says, never mind, permanently closed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was going to say, if there was a restaurant on Lincoln that Luke and I didn't know about. I went to it a couple times. You didn't go? No. It's over by all those DePaul bars, like Halligan's yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. Lion's Head and shit like that. My dentist was right there. Oh, perfect. That's the Insomnia Cookies is over there, too. Um, okay, anyways, so the game, can we talk about the game? Toilet. I, uh, toilet. To. It's our fiftieth episode, and one of the recurring themes of the show, in in terms of our anniversary, is being aggrieved Bears fans. And we're on the the day after of probably like the one time this year when we can maybe point to a factor beyond the Bears just sucking as a reason that the Bears lost. Yeah, uh, toilet. Um, most of the time, Luke is cutting us short on our aggrieved Bears fan segments, and he's encouraging us to talk this week. So I think I think you really are. I think you really are on that uh, purple drink, uh, dude. I don't I don't even know what to say. Like it was Fields just, was awesome. Fields was playing football. Wow, that's all we're gonna get from you. Um, he I I just I don't even know what to say. Like. The penalty, like the fact that you called a first quarter timeout (laughs) and then your team illegally lined up in the play after a timeout. Like I just screamed at the television in quarter one. Like it was seven to zero. And I'm like, fuck this game. We're going to lose. You have like the bear, the bear flu. You got bear I flu. Have, we talk about swine flu. flu. You got bear flu. The game yeah, you, sickened you to the point where you can't even. You're drinking Zycam tonight. I think you just need to take the week off. Oh, it's a bye week, so I think you need it's to a take the week. next two weeks off. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I I don't know, man. I just like I I. There's nothing to feel good about. Like people are like, well, Justin Fields is good. Like, don't worry about it. He's the number one rated quarterback in Week Nine. I'm like, I just can't even see through all of this shit to see the other side right now. Like I just, I just want Matt Nagy fired. I just want yeah. some tangible steps I, towards. Can I make you happy for a second? Can I, sure. can I put, I, I think I can put a bow on, on, on what you're thinking right now. 
So it's hard to get excited because everything around him kind of sucks, right? So like a head coach that's pretty limiting, right? What we would agree. Sure. That uh, is a very generous statement. An offensive, an offensive line that is, um, again, pretty limiting. That is allowing Below him to get average. shit canned like ten times a game. Uh, a defense that is not as good as it was supposed to be, right? It's resting, kind of resting on its laurels. Uh, you have receiver. You have a, a, a you know, a, a half like like half a tight end body. And you basically have good running backs, and Fields was able to put up a fantastic showing against a Hall of Fame coach and one of the league's better defenses. I think that's I think that's a plus. And Toilet, some of the league's best home cooking too. Oh, dude, the, the it was, Steelers I, get it. I kept yelling home. I kept yelling home cooking yesterday. But I will say that is a very fun atmosphere. It was very loud, and I was very impressed with the way that. Fields handled those last couple of drives in the fourth quarter because they got loud. And I don't know if you guys saw what happened, but they play they play Renegade every game or almost every game. But what I like about what they do is they don't really tell people when it's going to get played. So the PA guy kind of has to like he has to like allow the fans to sort of edge throughout the second half and then like when he gets to when they get to like the right game script moment then then they'll play renegade so they played it i think after like i think after a touchdown or might have been after a field goal and then jakeem grant fumbled the the very next ensuing kickoff and i said that's an unfair advantage i blame renegade for that it's it's very tough it's very tough. but i I had a great time and uh i even got myself a terrible towel as well I'm disappointed yeah, you baby. didn't throw your beer at Matt Nagy by the end of the game. Um, it was Marsh's capoeira kick, like the coolest sack celebration you've seen in a bit. Yeah, that's cool. That I was like sick. That was cool. It was a cool. I mean, I, it was just like it was hard to explain at the water cooler today when people were like, that was such a bad call. But then when you like look at all of the information when he was on the Steelers and then he got cut and then he gets a huge sack on Ben yeah. Roethlisberger in a gigantic moment because Khalil Mack's not playing. So he has a chance to play. And you look at like how hard that guy's worked a journeyman who's been on a billion different teams. Like, yeah, let the guy fucking celebrate. Like he didn't Cam Hayward can get an interception yeah. and then everyone on the defense runs to the end zone and does like a weird dance for like, Three minutes does, and that's the delay leg. <laughs> does the stanky leg like, like how is you know apples uh, and oranges like? Oh well, he wasn't taunting like he wasn't doing you know, that at any Bears players like the Steelers okay. do. The Steelers do the stanky leg, and Cassius Marsh is trying to teach young children self defense with a karate move. Yeah, you tell me which one we want to. You tell me which one we want to stop NFL. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Bears did not deserve to win the game. Like, they kind of got that cool fluke, like, punt return, fumble touchdown thing. It's a Monday Night Football magic right there, sir. But, like, you know, the Bill Laser show, like, oh, the offense is playing better. Like, it's it's still really not playing better. Like, the Browns have scored over 40 points multiple times this year. Like, we we just have to move on, fucking leave every coach, anyone who wore a headset, or one of those stupid ass fucking camo hoodies. Just leave all those fuckheads in Pittsburgh. Troops. Yeah, we respect the troops. In let this, them uh, let them respect podcast. the troops and 
let's just get an entire new coaching staff. Let, oh. the, let the guys coach themselves for the last eight games. Who gives a fuck? Play, player, yeah. player, coach Roquan Smith. Sure, <laughs> honestly, out, c- calling the uh, calling the offense. I'm sure they wouldn't have been in two deep safeties, 35 yards back when Ben Roethlisberger was driving the ball down to oh. get the game-winning field goal. That was so stupid. Um, what, well, what should, what, what do you play? I mean, do you, what do you, do you, are you supposed to, you supposed to send another, um, send another rusher in on him, like rush five or what? I mean, they, from what I could tell, it looked like they were in two deep safeties and they weren't even jamming the receivers off the line of scrimmage. So their zone, zone was incredibly soft and they just kind of hit a really quick slant and ran after the catch. I in my had, opinion, you yeah. should just play your base defense because for the most part, they weren't getting ex- any explosive plays on you other they than weren't. pass interference. So you're going to just kind of roll the dice and hope that you don't commit pass interference, play your base defense, and make Ben Roethlisberger make plays all the way down the field in order to earn the field goal. Don't just hand it to them. They were playing defense like we were up by nine points or more where we were just trying not to give up a big play touchdown, where really that's not what Pittsburgh was trying to do. They were just trying to execute the ball down the field the entire way, which is what we just allowed them to do. So this is this stupid. is toilets. This is toilets flu game right here. I saw your eyes rolling back into the back of your head as you were describing <laughs> the Bears' too, failure failures. Too high to us. safety. It's like you've already watched the film. Um, I, I, you, they weren't I, even on the screen. They were so far back. They were not even on the screen. <laughs> they should have. They should have. After after I watched, uh, I watched the highlights this afternoon just to like you know get another perspective on some of these plays. And they actually should have probably just let Deontay Johnson score on that play and try and get the ball back. Yeah, because they would they would have had the ball back with like a minute and a timeout, and then that would have put them down. Oh, what were they? Thirty six. They get seven. we lost by so two. Thirty three. So thirty three. They would have been thirty three to twenty seven. That was a very cool flex you just did, where you said I tried to get a different perspective since you were at the game. Well, Sometimes I, it's cool to be like, oh, what did this look like on TV to all the poor's out there who didn't attend the game like I did. Um, I, I did. You guys used to do this when you were kids, like after you went to like a Cubs game or something like that, you'd go home and like try like stay up to watch the highlights of the game that you were just for sure. at. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Back back in our day, before we had YouTube, for the Gen Zers listening, for all mm-hmm. two Gen Zers all, all, all who listen to us, yeah, all you TikTokers out there, you didn't used to have your YouTube and have highlights posted right away. You had to wait. You had to watch. You had to watch the Jacksonville Buffalo highlights. You had, you had to, to watch sit hours of baseball to sit, tonight just to uh, get to top oh ten. My God, legends. You had, the to through, you had to sit through Oakland A's updates because their games were wrapping up at like 11 o'clock at night. Like, oh, let's check in on the Oakland A's and the Angels. Oh, here we go. Mark Muller, another strikeout. And if your team wasn't playing like the Cowboys or like the Raiders or like one of like the premier big market teams. It was like a minute. They show one touchdown and then the score bug and the bears uh, fall again, 40 to 13. And you're like, sick. I was there. <laughs> cool. I remember those two plays. <laughs> uh, can we get off of bears talk? Cause it's just going to make me sad. I, I just want to give one more shout out to the two guys who are sitting next to me. Hell yeah. at the game they're awesome they're fun i i was invited back they we 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 hugged it out i guess no covid protocol sorry sorry nfl but uh got adapted you know, up hugged it out and uh they said we're allowed to come back whenever we want so that's nice i will say that like 
it's with, basically an with, invitation with, to like own pittsburgh right toilet like i, I <laughs> here, own here you. you go no no like just like here here you go here's some here's some ownership in pittsburgh we like you so much come on back I mean, they've kind of just owned that division for a while. Like, I mean, honestly, the the Ravens have been a threat the last. I mean, that's probably been their biggest threat um, in the last five years or so. But like the Bengals and Browns have just been a laughing stock for the greater part of them being in the AFC North. So I think they just kind of welcomed the competition in general. Like last year, then they started eleven and one. Like they were just playing dog shit team after dog shit team. Yeah. So I think they just like when like they appreciate good football they appreciate good games like the everyone in pittsburgh fucking hates tom brady but they also respect him because they he always brings a great game whenever they play against each other so and fun fact they they hate playing the bears over there because like in the last recent in the recent years they've basically lost almost every matchup against him so they're like oh whenever we play the bears we always lose so there's, there's some fatalism which was fun to be on that end of the uh because usually we're always the one losing to everybody else yeah. So we feel like, you know, hey, every time we play the Vikings, we always lose. Or every time we have to play the Jacksonville Jaguars or San Francisco 49ers, we lose. It's yeah, nice well, to be on the other side of that uh, algebra. With the except, with very few exceptions, I would say, like, American sports culture, when you're at the game, people are very nice to away fans relative to like some of the other places that you would go in the world and how you would be treated if you showed up as an away fan like nobody's throwing darts into like first of all you don't even have to have a section because like they're pretty confident there isn't going to be a riot that breaks out in the game like maybe a fist fight or two but not really oh it might nobody's throwing like bags of piss at you because you're wearing a bears jersey <laughs> at a at a bears steelers game certainly wearing a west ham jersey at a uh, man city game and i think like being a welcoming atmosphere to away fans is like sometimes a point of pride because even when i went to lambo that people were like cool in the stadium like obviously they're gonna boo the bears but they're not like trying to rip on individuals yeah i think it helps too when it's uh, a different conference like you the bears go to pittsburgh every eight years because they play one division so it's been eight years since we've been there you know so i think that makes a big difference too when it's not like a division opponent rival like i don't know when i was at the bears rams game in 2018 that really good sunday night game probably the best the peak bears moment of my lifetime other than the super bowl um, when they beat the rams on monday night football like 13 to 6 or 13 to zero or something yes like, that. like the rams fans were like super fun like the rams almost never come to i know it's the same conference but the, you know we don't play them very much so like it was fun that their team was actually good for the first time in a long time like there was some gentle ribbing back and forth but i think like even in different conferences you get to have a little bit more uh fun with each other than like you know i, I don't know a, a division game i feel like yeah. it'd probably get a little bit uglier toilet since you brought it up you guys want to hear a little box score from the last time the Bears were at Pittsburgh? Sure. September 22nd, 2013. So you're right, eight years ago. We had uh, Matt Forte, touchdown. God bless. We had a major right interse- <laughs> interception oh, wow. return touchdown. Let's go. It was a young upstart receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers who had two touchdowns that game both more than 20 yards each. His name was Antonio Brown. Hell yes. 
Hell and yes, then he did. We had an Earl Bennett touchdown pass as wow. well. And then Julius Peppers. And then we also had the good old Michael Bush goal line touchdown run. Nice. There we go. Often forgotten. Chicago Bear great. Was Cuddy under center or was he hurt? He played. I want to back up to Luke, your comment. When did you go to Lambeau? I was like 14. No, okay, wait, I was well, I was even younger than that. Um, I went for like a work thing with my parents. We went there and back like all in the same day for a noon kickoff. It was a long ass day. That's insane. But I feel like when you're the team that owns the other team, it's a lot easier to be to the be nice to the fans because you're like, oh, we'll just kick the shit. Like I'm sure Patriots fans are nice to Jets fans. It's like, yeah, come on in. Like, let's let's not include the city of Boston in any of this conversation. I guess that's true. Okay, never they mind. are like definitely the exception. Like they're throwing bags of piss at Bengals fans because they just hate everybody. <laughs> they don't care who you are. That's so, true. Never mind. I take it back. Um, this is for giving us Corey Dillon on the cheap. all right no more sports what else do we have this week guys episode 50 bring the gas i've got something let's let's hit a recurring segment so i'm glad i'm glad you could spend time talking about my trip to pittsburgh too so thank you um glad you had fun it's our 50th episode but it's also the 50th anniversary of the chicago reader and wow shout out to the chicago reader Keeping it weird since 1971 is their tagline. Um, they really do keep it weird. So keeping it weird. They have a very long article in Chicago here. Chicago Reader weird. About the classifieds, which I read and didn't think it was particularly interesting for the pot. I think Zach's longer form piece is probably going to be a little interesting. But I think we would be remiss if we didn't take a look at the 50th anniversary issue and some of the opportunities that it's providing in its classifieds. Um, you know, we're helping people find love. We're helping people find new career opportunities. Just building things up. We're, helping we're them bu- find sex. We're, we're, we're hel- helping them find each other in this crazy, crazy world. Single white male looking for BBW. I'm ready to get a little extra time to be in a good sexual and open-minded relationship with a woman who is a lot bigger than me, who has a lot of curves and is more chubby and has a big and juicy set of tits and a fat ass with huge thighs. And I have no problem with any size must be 150 pounds or more. That's it. (laughs) 150 pounds is not that much. That's uh that is a person who doesn't understand how much a pound is. That's not a BBW. <laughs> that's an average W. Is this guy the, like was he on the was he on the metric scale or something? Do you actually mean uh, kilograms? Maybe if you're three foot seven and you're 150 pounds, that makes you a uh, like the, the, this body type he's looking for. But Ooh. I don't know. 150 kilos would be a big person. That would be yeah, like over that's, 300 pounds. Oh, good math, toilet. Um, you have he, an also, intruder. he also included his snap code in this, his Snapchat handle in his classified ad. So salute to Ray Ray 81. We, we see you, we recognize you. We hope you find your 150 pound BBW. 
80, 81. That tells me that guy was probably born in 81. So he's only 40. That's a really sad life when you're at 40 to already be searching for the strange on the Chicago reader and not knowing how much 150 pounds is. Yeah. The Chicago public schools have failed him. Um, MWM. Not sure what that stands for. Male man, man, man wanting man. No, because it's MWM Dom seeks older sub female. Oh, married white male. There we Uh, go. Dom, 52, seeks older sub female who needs ongoing pleasure and punishment. Spanking will train in seeking discreet. I can host and be discreet. You can call his number. Oh, it's DragonMasterCS69 at gmail.com. Yes! Oh, buddy! Oh, man. We love to see it. Keep doing you, DragonMaster69. Wait, he's only 52? Is he getting younger? I think he's getting younger. I think he was 61 in some of his previous... Nice! (laughs) His accounts just keep getting shut down. (laughs) I'll go with my 52-year-old version of myself. Nubile 35-year-old sees dumb older female. <laughs> um, toilet, I also wanted to share a potential career opportunity for you as we Please. look for um, you know, a different job for the toilet man. Uh, cannabis testers wanted. Company <laughs> seeking to find different good plants, free cannabis, fast cash, and help to survey different types. Tell us a little bit about your background, education, frequency of use. Send your info to askteddybear at gmail.com for complete information. Must be over 21. This seems legit. This seems legit. Free weed. Hello. Free weed. Just askteddybear at gmail.com. A definitely legitimate source. Sure. Um, next to this cartoon of a man hovering in midair smoking a hookah. Oh, he provided that image. I, I think that this is just uh, their own sort of internal illustration departments if they can't fill out a column. But Ah, uh, okay. Ooh, that'd be fun to be a freelance illustrationist for the Chicago Reader. I feel like that's a job that pays really well. <laughs> The, the only yeah, the, free free cannabis testing and free classifieds. Graphic design is my passion. <laughs> so shout out to all of you out there looking for your love connection. We love or, you. Keep keep posting free classified ads, or just looking to get high, or just or sh- to on the get team. other give other people free get, weed. Yeah, share your weed. That's cool too. Yo, I'm just looking for homies to smoke down. Do you want to try this smoke down and let me know how it is? Let me let me know how it is. Toilet, I feel like you would be great for that for that job. Yeah, I don't really do that, so I think I would be a really good test subject to uh, experiment on. Um, I'm down. I mean, at this point, I'm 30. I'm out of shape. At this point, my body should just be experimented with for you know profit. <laughs> I enjoy oh. how toilet. I enjoy how you are uh, talking about being an old band and you're in a rocking chair now. I'm in a rocking chair. I cannot sit in my desk chair because it's far too uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I am like three inches away from being completely horizontal and falling asleep live on the podcast, which would be 
a brand new feat. You guys did think I was asleep. That would be pretty funny if we could put if we could find a subject and talk about it so much, Luke, that we could put toilet to sleep. Uh. We could read your article from the Lion Deceitful New York Times. That could put toilet to sleep. Oh my god! About no, workplace, get, workplace age up. dynamics. Oh yeah, Gen Z versus millennials. Fucking hit me with that shit. Um, Zach, I don't know if you have that pulled up already. Or, we want to do that. Yeah. Is it is it a deep dive? It's yeah, not it's that pretty, long. Eh, okay. Um. It's going to be good enough to help us wrap up. So we're, we're hitting the classics. We got fast food talk, bears talk, Chicago reared classifieds, long form New York Times article that we can yell at because they're like the oldest boomers on earth. Like everyone who works at the New York Times is automatically like the oldest boomer on earth. Is that Toilette or hey, other Toilette, your sister? That's correct. Hank is being a gigantic D-I-C-K-K-K. Toilet is now outside. I did not mean to say KKK. My dog is not a Nazi, but my dog is a piece of shit. We, you guys want to hear a quick Hank story? Yeah. Well, Zach's, let's talk at Hank. Yeah, quick Hank. Okay. Hank's so I had, a very, I had a very important meeting last Thursday that I was leading at school. I went to bed early and I got up early, getting prepared, getting all my ducks in a row. I was going to get to school early. 7 a.m. It's pitch black outside. I go to let Hank in before I head out. He's not there. I walk around the corner. Gate is open. Somebody left the gate open. Somebody left the gate open. It was me doing yard work yesterday. Toilet left the gate open. Oh, if we put our heads together, can we figure out what that was for? Again, what that ad was for? It was was a picture. Oh, go ahead. I I was going to say it was a Kia. What were you going to say, Toilet? I was going to say it definitely had mountains in it. I think it was like a crossover SUV. Let's look. Hold on. I got it going on. Oh, Luke. Can you can you splice it into this? Somebody left the gate open. Somebody. So where was Hank Toilet? So <clears throat> I panicked. Uh, city thank you card. City thank you card. City thank you card. Shout out. Um, I start freaking out. I'm like, where the fuck is my dog? Are you kidding me? Is he really going to run away? Like, do I just start this meeting by crying and talking about how I miss my dog and I don't know where my dog is? Sounds like the beginning of a country music song. It definitely does. So I decided to grab my hard hat and my lunch pail and a, a jar of cookies and Hank's leash. And I run out the door to the only place I thought he might go to which is the dumpsters behind the strip mall near my house. (laughs) (laughs) Say the Taco Bell nearby or uh, yeah. Yeah. He did not make it quite to the Taco Bell, but there's a Brown's chicken in that strip mall. Oh, and he loves to sniff the garbage of the Brown's chicken. And that's exactly where he was. I round the corner. I'm shaking his jar of cookies and here comes Hank trotting over to me. Stinking of, oil and fat and skunk chicken skin skunk still 
So I I felt proud that I I know my dog so well. I know exactly where he's going to run away to. But I also uh, was very mad at myself for leaving the gate open. <laughs> Toilet left the gate open. It's like Toilet the... left the seat up again. It's like when you lose <laughs> lose one of your drunk friends. Like where are they at the nearest chicken restaurant? And then they're just there by themselves, peeing on themselves in the in the stall. <laughs> they just have a they just have a bird scooter hanging out in front of the uh, <laughs> the chicken. <laughs> oh man! All right, Zach, what's this article? Okay, all right, let's go. We'll we'll talk about this. This is this was published uh, about a month ago or so. Yeah, October twenty eighth, so a couple weeks ago, by Emma Goldberg, New York Times. The 37-year-olds are afraid of the 23-year-olds who work for them. 20-somethings rolling their eyes at the habits of their elders is a long-standing trend, but many employers said there's a new boldness in the way Gen Z dictates taste. Ooh. We're, we're already, like, we're starting off with just, like, every time a new generation enters the workforce, it's like, they're doing things radically different. And really what it just ends up is like kids have opinions and sometimes like employers will bend over backwards to accommodate them to remain competitive in a hiring marketplace. So, so the article starts off with a uh, Miss Jessica Fain. Uh, I don't believe we know what Miss Fain does. Miss Thang? Fain. Fane does for for work but uh she was told in a slack channel by one of her gen z uh employees that the smiling or the sobbing the laughing sobbing face emoji is no longer cool i mean we, we know Fane, this we know this but miss Fane is old enough to remember when millennials determined what was in vogue rompers rose pink craft beer netflix and chill college debt <laughs> now she gets the foreboding sense that from her colleagues that her AARP card awaits. Yes, exactly. Because because an emoji is no longer fun to use. We are now gonna put you into the the largest interest group, special interest group in in America. Like yes, and like with the like fragmentization of like people's interests, particularly like with platforms like Instagram and TikTok, like going through the like Byzantine process of trying to find out what like young people think is cool is impossible. So like, just don't try unless like you, you can't like manufacture yourself to be cool with the young people. You've got to be cool on your own. And then young people will think you're cool by not trying to like, I don't know, provide a facsimile of that coolness to them. Yeah. And so Gen Z, they're saying they you know, have no qualms about questioning the antiquated ways of their slightly older managers, slightly being the key word, okay? Slightly older managers. Yeah, 15 Their years. views on politics in the office to their obsession with work. Then they uh, talked to Mr. Andy Dunn, co-founded Bonobos, popular clothing brand among millennials, not popular among Gen Zers. Key no. There. He says he feels... Very sure that he is uncool, and he's come to accept that. 
it's a fault line that crisscrosses industries and issues. At a retail business based in New York, managers were distressed to encounter young employees who wanted paid time off when coping with anxiety or period cramps. So it's like as a as a as a guy, I think we could I think I think we could weigh in on the uh, the latter. Of, no, I'm just kidding. As men who as men. are first of all don't experience anxiety, anxiety is a female trait, and oh. as as men who you know don't experience period cramps, I don't think people should get any sick leave. Like if you're having None. like issues with your body, you shouldn't get time off like even if like you might experience those things like more acutely sometimes than others like if it's having to deal with such false diseases as mental health i'm obviously being sarcastic like this is people not wanting to give like sick time to their employees heaven forbid you ever had something where like you had to do like a routine doctor's appointment like uh you know like a dialysis or something like that heaven forbid you never have to do a, uh, a, a you know, scheduled routine, routine um, checkups or you know, che- or uh, uh, scheduled routine procedures. Like it doesn't matter how badly you feel, and like if you have, especially some type of sort of hidden disease, like a mental health issue or chronic pain or something your boss will still want to force you to come in so long as you're not actively contagious. It doesn't matter like how that would diminish your like productivity or how you like function in the workplace or that it's like that you're even going to be good at your job. It's just like, they want you to come in. Uh, yeah. We'll move on. It said, uh, in spanning sectors and startups, youngest members of the workforce have demanded what they see as long overdue shift away from corporate neutrality towards a more open expression of values, whether through executives displaying their pronouns on Slack or putting out statements in support of the protests. These younger generations are cracking the code and they're like, hey guys, turns out we don't have to do it like all these old people tell us we have to do it. Uh, Mr. Colin Gwynn. Gwynn. 41 co-founder of robotics company hangar tech we can actually do whatever we want and be just as successful eh. so I, I would i'd push back on that statement i think what's happening here is like the millennial style corporate setup which is like this silicon valley tech bro thing which is like we had pizza every day and a ping pong table in the office and shit like that is meeting up with people whose values don't include the we have all that stuff because you have to be here all the time and work a hundred hours per week like the reason why we have a dry cleaner in the office is because you won't have time to go to a dry cleaner out of the office and they can't reconcile that with like their supposedly cool open inclusive corporate culture that they thought that they had yeah i'd say that there's also they're capitalizing on some leverage of a different different uh different labor market than what we went into you know we had a we had a labor market that was looking to it was that was expanding Shitty. but not not it wasn't as i mean nowhere near as great as what they got they have right now but you know our our, la- our labor market was a lot was a lot smaller seeing as it was what four three to four years post or four years post uh I mean, if Post, we're looking at the, uh, at the time frame of like millennials entering the workforce, it's like, 
a cavalcade of like economic disasters that happened in pretty rapid succession post 9-11, the housing crisis, and then I guess to a lesser extent, the original push around the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. Like that primarily affected the generation that was entering the workforce at that time. Toilet thoughts. Are you afraid of TikTok teens? You work no, with them more. Nobody wants to be a teacher. There's a sh- there's a sub shortage everywhere. Um, we all like we all pontificate at school. Like, what would happen if like fifteen of us didn't come to work? Like, if if three teachers are out, it's like all hands on deck, fire alarm going off. Like, we need everyone to sub all day long. Like, it's crazy. Like, no one wants to be a teacher right now, and I don't really blame them because they're all coming through school. They all hate it. And, like, no one wants to return back to that. So, um, it's just, it's a really weird time to be a teacher. There's, like, no competition. There's no, like, respect right now. Like, no one really, like, teachers are not really, not like we were killing it beforehand, but people are, like, really examining, like, like why do you want content. to bend? Why do you want to bend over backwards and just like not get the like pay you deserve? Yeah. So you like know? we're kind of like there's you a lot of people who yelled are just at by like... parents every day, dude. I that yeah. dude that's I I made when we were in high school, dude. I made so much money umpiring, and it was like the cushiest gig. But I could not stand the parents. Like mm-hmm. I just have no idea how teachers do it nowadays, especially when parents have transparency. No pun intended. Into yeah every every single assignment and every single grade instead of like you know just getting a quarterly a qu- a quarterly wrap up yeah i couldn't quarterly, imagine dude <laughs> i mean if you could you imagine going to a parent nowadays and be like hey you're just gonna get you're gonna get a piece of paper every 90 days about how your kid's doing I mean, like or 45 days or whatever mm-hmm. i think they'd lose their shit like you, yeah i i can't i can't imagine and then like the school board meetings where they come in like fucking shrieking all the time. And like, you guys have to like deal with that. And that's like your governance that I'm sure it's incredibly demoralizing. Yeah. I just, I mean, there's obviously a bunch of great kids out there and they don't know any better. Like all they know is whatever their parents tell them. And um, you know, that's their entire bubble as a community they grow up in until they leave the community. They won't really know exactly you know what their own opinions are but um it's just um it's not a great time i don't know if this is gonna like help the overall teacher market like you know there'll be a correction where it's like oh like actually like maybe we should be a little bit more selective and competitive and like we just shouldn't let like anyone who wants to like get a teaching degree like those people shouldn't automatically become a teacher because some of them are actually bad people and we should like kind of rework the education system like i'm hopeful there will be some kind of change and things like that um, and I think that the next generation of, of students who come back to school to be teachers will definitely help that. Um, but I don't know if, if parents want that. I think parents want things to go back 50 years in the past to like what school was like when they were in school because they know how to do that kind of school. They don't know how to do school now and the way that it looks differently from when they were you know in classes. So. Um, Except for the part where they like know everything about what's going on with their kid literally all the time. Yeah, like the helicopter aspect. And they have full access to their teachers all the time. Yes, this is true. This is what I hate. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
but um yeah i mean i i would love to be like seen as an ally to my students and like i would love to work with parents instead of being seen as like an obstacle or you know a, a mouthpiece for you know my, my political agenda that i'm trying to push across to the kids like you know it would just be nice if we could kind of you know get to get to a middle ground there where we're you know working together instead of working against each other because kids what is the root of all evil capitalist markets critical very race theory good. Oh, God, God. very good what are we supposed what are we what are we supposed to do take care of our fellow worker great now open up to page 75 of the manifesto today in math class we're only learning about division division of wealth equally among all <laughs> students <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh okay, we, we'll keep we'll keep going on. So next day, next day, talk to Zayed Ahmed, twenty-two founder, founder, twenty-two, twenty-two-year-old founder, quite precocious, founder and chief executive of the Gen Z marketing company JV Consulting, which has lent its expertise to, to brands like JanSport. Recalled speaking at a conference where don't you think JV Consulting means that he's like. Hey, I got a hundred thousand TikTok followers or something like that. That's probably what he means by having a a Gen Z marketing company. No, because like every time like somebody puts a new distinction on a generation, like everybody in the marketing industry fucking freaks out because they don't understand that like they're operating on just like a twenty year fashion cycle. So their work with Jansport. Yeah, if you're one of those brands that was popular around Y2K, maybe now it's time to like, you know, try and get in on some of that retro swag, like kind of what Ray-Ban, Bonobos, and like some of those brands were doing when like Mad Men was popular Mm -hmm. and like that type of retro style. So it's stupid, but like props to that guy for getting companies to pay him to say like what's cool with the teens even though he's almost like unequivocally wrong or at the very least like just presenting data that's widely available yeah, let, let us continue going but mr Ahmed recalled speaking at a conference where a gen z woman an entry-level employee told him she didn't feel that her company's marketing fully fully reflected her fully reflected her progressive values what is your what is your advice for our company the woman the young woman asked mr ahmed said make you a vice president rather than an intern yeah congrats congratulations he's like speaking truth to not power by telling entry-level people that actually they're the smartest person in the room and they should be running the show yeah it's typical anybody in their 20s and even into their early 30s thinks they have it all figured out because they've listened to oh i don't know so many like npr podcasts but um okay so now we're moving on gen z doesn't hesitate starting in the mid-aughts the movement of millennials from college into the workplace prompted a flurry of advice columns about hiring members of the headstrong generation i remember this shit do you remember like all of the, these things the coming out generation like, yeah well like how to how to deal with millennials and it's like you have to let them have room for their phone and for their social media Ooh. yes i i do remember that um it's it's funny because like if one thing has remained consistent around depictions of generations is that they're stubborn and selfish like that's been <laughs> like part of the cultural depiction of like 
every younger generation so long as we've had the distinction beginning with like boomers okay boomer like boomers were the original like selfish generation then gen x was then millennials then gen z so like maybe it's just human nature the forgotten generation they just want the next generation to just shut up and do your job punch in and punch out no one cares what you think shut up and mate have kids pay have taxes kids and make another die. generation and then let them shut up and have another generation shut up and dribble okay so over wow um gonna disavow on that one right there no uh over over time those millennials became managers and workplaces were reshaped in their image there were hashtag thank god it's monday signs affixed to we work walls the once heralded rise of the CEO of the CEO, the shitey department, <laughs> the shielities. Millennials point out for a generation of workers who entered the workforce or entered the office during and after the 2008 financial crisis and felt lucky to land any type of work. It's uninspired. It's unsurprising to see a premium placed on hustling. Gen Zers, meanwhile, are starting their careers in a new moment of crisis in the midst of a pandemic that has upended the hours, places, and ways we're able to work. Fall 21 survey of Gen Z job candidates from the recruitment software company Ripple Match found that more than two thirds wanted jobs that will indefinitely stay remote. The general frictions are particularly apparent in the companies run by, run by and catering to a largely millennial demographic. Yeah, like, uh, good for them for learning from our generation's mistake of, like, we were the, like, rise and, like, all of the rise and grind people, all of the hashtag girl boss people, all of the people who grew up in a culture where it's, like, work as hard as you can, like, put in all of the hours, like, give your life over like at the end of the day got like a morsel of the purchasing power and the ownership that previous generations did. Like we got duped into working like much, much harder for less. Yeah. So, so the capital shifted back into the hands of our parents and their generations while we were down here working, working away. Right. Precisely. And now people in the labor market have leverage and I'm glad that they're using it. Like, yeah, you shouldn't be working 80 hours a week so that, like, YouTube can get, like, more per dollar out of, like, you know, advertisements for artisanal pans or whatever the fuck it is that they do over there. Hey, I went to Copper Nonstick Pan. Thank you very much. And I can find that one on television advertising. As seen on TV. Uh, Gabe Kennedy, 30, founder of the herbal supplements brand Plant People, notices he recruited Gen Z plays that no no one had the interest in the rigid habits that felt natural to mostly millennial 10-person team. Him and his co-founder were accustomed to spending late nights in the office obsessing over customer feedback and sharing Chinese takeout. Youngest employees preferred to set their own hours. Fuck. If some kid – I mean, I'm sorry. If, like, a younger person came in to work and tried to set their own hours, I'd probably just tell them to leave. Well, it depends on the hours, but yes, I think that one of the things that this article also does is like interview a bunch of people from artisanal dildo companies and act like it's an actual thing that's happening on in like corporate America. 
a 10 person herbal supplement brand that I've never heard of. Bonobo is a somewhat, maybe, I have no idea how many people work for them, but like a niche clothing company. Less than a hundred, probably. Yeah, a niche clothing company, um, as we will get to, an, an artisanal. It's not exactly fucking Target, is it? Yeah, I mean, like, I would love for them for once to, like, interview, interview, like, a manager from Walmart, uh, Walmart, or like a the manager. largest employee in, employer in this country. I uh, don't Amazon or you know what like Salesforce or something that employs Salesforce, which employs like seven percent of like every business professional coming out of JP Morgan of business school. Yeah, JP Morgan, Deloitte, like those places. So. Now we're going to move on to Miss Kriegsman, 30, co-founder of the retail tech business Bulletin. Wasn't sure in the past how to respond when her Gen Z employees insisted on taking days off for menstrual cramps or mental health. Hey, I woke up and I'm not a good place mentally when a text message. It's I'm a not sick day. It's today. called a sick day. <laughs> Instinctively. Yeah, we, we used to have these two. Um, or mental health day. It's literally yeah. a fucking thing. It was a yeah. thing like even before mental health was part of the popular like cultural reckoning. Yeah, we used to we used to do mental health days every once in a while. Students get to... five a year now. Mental health days. Students get five a year. Yeah. Wow. We would do that in college and just get plastered. <laughs> or we would do we would take snow days in uh, in like October. <laughs> sure. There's no snow. Um. Instinctively, Ms. Kriegsman wanted to applaud their efforts to prioritize well-being, but she also knew their paid time off could undercut business. As an entrepreneur, I want to call out the managing of my team sometimes because my, my my period is making me super hormonal, she said, but I'm in a position where I have to push through. Managers like Ms. Kriegsman understand the instinct Gen Zers have to protect their health, seek some divide between work and life, but some are baffled by the candid way in which those desires are expressed they're unaccustomed in other words to the defiance of workplace hierarchy i will say yeah there is there there are some uh, gen zers who have no problem just being very upfront i mean i guess that's a decent amount of decent way of communicating something right being upfront about it but also you do kind of have to respect the respect the corporate hierarchy respect the you know managerial hierarchy um within your organization yeah, maybe the person that you just hired out of college doesn't have the same equity in their job as you do in yours as the owner of the company. Like, what could be the motivational difference there? Lola Prego, uh, Lola Prego 31, chief executive of the lab testing startup base. Prego. Had to, oh. had, to laugh, <laughs> had to laugh when a Gen Z employee sent a Slack message assigning her a task, task to complete. Now I understand managing upwards, but I think actually like delegating work to your superiors is probably not the best strategy. Just gonna venture out there on that one, Luke. Thoughts? I, I, I don't know, man. I sometimes I, I think it's actually a good thing managing upwards. Like you uh, know managing how your upwards manager... is great, but like delegating menial tasks to your boss is probably not the best. Probably not the best strategy. Well, it depends on what the menial task is, but it's all, but you know how like your boss is always like, yeah, I'm definitely here to help. Like, don't say that if you don't mean it or like say how, or give them like, you know, like with the kids where you give the option, do you want carrots or do you want broccoli versus saying, do you want vegetables? It's like that sort of thing. But I don't know, man. 
Like, it feels like to me they interviewed a bunch of shitty managers in, like, small, like, very niche sort of, like, tech industry jobs that are using it as, like, as as something that's defining the marketplace, which is, like, this broader conversation that people are lazy, that there's, like, an actual, like, labor shortage when, in fact, like, it's a capital shortage. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, I don't know how much of them being shitty managers, or if it's just like these are niche business owners, you know, very small business owners. I mean, that woman, Miss Miss Prego, had a 15 person staff, you know, 15 person staff, 10 person staff. Um, you know, try 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 interviewing a, you know a company of hundreds of people with you know uh, bona fide hierarchies in place and see how that works for Gen Zers. Interview somebody who's working at a restaurant, yeah, in a retail space. Like these are all desk jockeys, so of course, like there's going to be like soft and job and like perks and shit like that. Like that's the corporate culture that we've devised. So yeah, are, are we that surprised when like people actually start to take advantage of those benefits? Make them pick up one of the nice ladies who works at the Popeyes by my house with. 70 different piece of paper signs taped to the drive through menu of the different shit they don't have anymore or reminders or things they're gently asking their customers for. It's sad. It's like, please be patient with us. We're making chicken as fast as we can. Please don't yell at us. We're making delicious chicken as fast as we can. This some is Popeyes, not a Quiznos. Some Popeyes are better than other Popeyes, though. That's true. This is true. The variability in Popeye's chicken quality and like service time is very high. Mine is a little volatile at times. I would agree with that. There are some that are like consistently on point. That's true. No amnesia. Is that a good place to leave it this week, boys? Millennials are the best generation. That's what I. That's what I'm taking away from uh, this. Researchers call this a kids these days effect, and no, it's been happening for millennia, millenniums, millennia. Natural thing, millenniums is what they're saying. Uh, each new generation, christened by marketers and codified by workplace consultants, selling tips on how to manage mysterious youth, can strike people who came just before them as uniquely self-focused. First came the me generation, then the me 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 generation. What about the meme generation? Me, me. That's that's us. That's us too, unfortunately. We're the there's gift one, generation. Yeah, there's one part about in here where, like, I think this many businesses in Gen Z are are given increasingly way to drive internal culture. Emily Fletcher, 42, who runs Ziva Meditation, knows that her company retreat the junior people were the ones who are most comfortable stretching the bounds of what's considered professional conversation this became apparent when the staff participated yo in i'm taking a dump exercise she calls the suffy awards sitting around a campfire and sharing personal stories of suffering from the last year oh shit like people are actually sharing their workplace experiences and trying to make it better like goddamn, that's really a shame you know what pushes the boundaries of professionality, in my opinion? Pervasive cultures of sexual harassment in a variety of industries. So, like, literally, fuck off with that because people are talking about, like, some pain points they have with their job. Yeah, go work in a coal mine, dude. Or go work in a coal mine. 
Or, yeah, if you want to cuss at each other, yeah, I don't know. Slap some asses. Um, all right, well, I got zero brain power left this week. Um, 50 great episodes, 50 more coming right at you. To 5,000 more. All gas, no brakes. Right, love you, boys. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you.